Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. Maseches Megillah Daf Chav Dalad. We're going to be starting two lines from the bottom of Chav Gimel Amid Beis and going to the last line of Chav Dalad Amid Beis. Let's get started with a brand new Mishnah. Hakori Bator Lo Yifchos Mishlosh Pesukim. Every Aliyah that we lay in has to be a minimum of three Pesukim. We'll see why in the Gemara. Below Yikur LeMeturgaman Yosemi Pasuk Echad. But for as much as it's true, you can have three Pesukim. You can't lay in three Pesukim and then have the Meturgaman, the translator, explain things. That can only be one Pasuk at a time. However, if the translator was translating Navi, Navi, Shlosha, then he can do three psukim at a time. Now, Rashi at the bottom of Chav Gimel Medbeis explains why it is that it's okay for him to do more than one pasuk by Navi, but not okay for him to do more than one pasuk as it relates to the Torah. And Rashi writes at the bottom of Chav Gimel Medbeis. It's too much for him to remember. You know, he might make a mistake and he might therefore end up with a scenario where he teaches a halacha, teaches something in the Torah, which is incorrect. But by Navi, we're less concerned about that. And Rashi on the top says explicitly, strangely almost, uh, if he wants to do three psukim, he can. We don't care if he makes a mistake. That's a, that's a lot. That's a big statement to make. We do learn Dine Derabbanan from Tanakh all the time. We learn Minhagim. We learn a lot of things from, from Tanakh. It's a very difficult Rashi in regards to the way that we, maybe we don't rely on the Maturgaman as much. Maybe it wasn't the Din and the Navi. Maybe everybody knew the Maturgaman wasn't as reliable. That's what the Mishnah writes. Top of Chavdalab, let's continue. Hayashlashton, Shalosh Parshios. If all three Psukim in Navi that he's reading are three different topics, then Koran Echad Echad, then you really should, even the Maturgaman should say them in separately. And Medalgin Benavi, one is allowed to skip while reading. Reading Navi from one spot to another spot, but vein medalgin b'torah. But you cannot skip in the Torah. We should all be thinking instantly about a tiny by Chal Moshe. So we know that by that learning we do skip. We'll have to explain that in the Gemara today. That question is not asked in the Gemara directly, but it's asked in concept, and we'll get to it. That kamahu medalik when one is reading Navi and skipping from place to place, how much can he skip? He can, as much time as it takes for the Maturgaman to translate, we're talking about a couple of rolls of the cloth. Nothing. It's not a very cut, a few seconds, whatever it is. So says the Gemara, we had said in the beginning of the Mishnah that if you have an aliyah, it has to be a minimum of three psukim. Why do we have three psukim? What does it correlate to? Says the Gemara, This is a very interesting, I don't understand this fully. Why is it that we need this? It's all Torah. Why do we Torah Maybe to say that the whole canon is uh, divine. Uh, it's a distinction between us and, and some of the other nations around us um, as to whether or not even the New Testament, either, even the, some of the authors of the New Testament, Bifem Mali said that it wasn't divine and it was meant to be written in a way that people would listen to it more than it would be anything. Right? The Torah wasn't written for people to listen to it per se. It was written however Hashem wanted it to. Whether or not it was friendly was irrelevant. So anyways, that could be, uh, but either way, the minimum requirement to three psikim, if anybody asks at the Shabbos table, is that um, one Pasuk represents Torah, one represents Nevi'im, and one represents Ksuban. Six lines down, the Gemara says, And then we had said in our Mishnah, So the summary of the Mishnah that we just gave is that in the Torah, you the Maturgam can only do one Pasuk at a time. In Navi, he can do up to three. However, even in Navi, if there are three separate topics in the three Pesukim, then you have to separate them. What's the example where you have to separate the three Pesukim in Tanakh? Happens to be my bar mitzvah parsha from Parsha Shofim the Haftorah. Kicho Amar Hashem Chinam Nim Kartem. Kicho Amar Hashem Elokim Mitzrayim Yeredi Mi Barishona. Ve'Atam Malifonu Umashem. These three topics are three different topics, and therefore the Maturgaman is not allowed to do all three of them together. He has to do them separately, even though it's Navi. Says the Gemara. We had said in our Mishnah about twelve lines down at the two dots Medalgin. 
Says the Gemara, that's not true. When the Kohen Gadol and Yom Kippur would read Urmini, we have a source in the Tanaim that says that he would he would kore, he would read Acharemos and then Be'ach Be'asor. And if you look on the side here and see where these two psukim are, one's in Ba'ikra Tes Zayin and one's in Ba'ikra Chav Gemel, which in Klaf is not a lot. Every column is uh, whatever, 40, I don't know, 40, 50 psukim. I don't know, it's a lot. So we can get that, cover that ground very quickly. But nevertheless, we see that we are medalig. You said in the Mishnah that we're not medalig in Torah. That's not correct. We are medalig in Torah. So Amr Abaye, Abaye says, It depends. It really depends how long the break is. And maybe it's the case that as long as the break in Torah is short, so then uh, as long as the Torgaman is able to finish what he's trying to say, then all is well and good. Says the Gemara, that doesn't work. We're a third of the way down. We learned that the distinction that you just gave of whether or not the Torah could finish in time was the distinction that was given in our Mishnah about the Navi, not about Torah. What did it say in our Mishnah? How much of a deal can there be? And the Gemara said, Mishnah had said, that was talking about Navi. That it seems to be that when it comes to Torah, you can't do any skipping at all. So how then did the coin Gadol skip? And we'll overlay our question. How then by Tainas Sibur can we skip when it comes to, to the third Aliyah there? Second, where do we skip? We skip by the third? Can't remember. One of the three Aliyahs. So we start, uh, and then we skip in the, in the Tainas Sibur. So it says, the Gemara, you're right. And this is the second answer that the Gemara is going to accept. El Amar. It's different when it's one Indian, just like by Tennessee, where it fits perfectly. By Tennessee, it's all one topic, and therefore it's one Indian. And even if you are Medalek, that's fine. Vehatanya, and this Vehatanya Rashi highlights for us is Bini Chusa. We know, of course, that in general, Vehatanya, the Heha Sheila, implies that there's a question. Here, there is no question. This Vehatanya is Bini Chusa. And then the Gemara says, Vehatanya, the Raya is the Medalgin Matora, Beinyanecha, Rubinavi. Uh, that, that you're even allowed in Navi to skip around, even if it's two different topics. And However, under both circumstances, by Torah, when it's only one topic, and by Navi, even when it's two, you're allowed to skip, but it has to be in a way where the Torgaman has not yet finished. Lastly, in this section, we have a Brisa that speaks about the following. I can't go from Sefer Yoshua to Sefer Shoktim. That's not appropriate. You can't do that. However, when it comes to Treasar, Yoel, all of them are all in the same books, and then we that's perfectly fine. That you're allowed to skip. But you can't go from the beginning of Treasar to the end of Treasar, but from one in the middle to another one, that's no problem at all. They're also short, no problem at all. The Mishnah, two thirds of the way down, let's continue. <clears throat> After we read the Torah, we read the Navi. The Gemara considers this to be a, a, a lowly uh, aliyah. It's not nice to be able to, to only read the Haftarah. It's considered a denigration. Hamaftir ben Navi, because he got such a lowly gift of getting Navi, we look at the Maftir. It's like, wow, such a chash of azach. You asked me to do Maftir. Maybe oh, you're going to ask me. That's the reason, that what? The is only three psukim, and the other seven are. They're also they're minimum. Three. No, but here we're not even talking about that. Hamaftir bin Navi. We're talking about one who reads Haftarah. Forget the Aliyah for a moment. Okay. Will, well, that's what well, we're going to discuss. That Hamaftir bin Navi, one who actually reads the Navi, who he gets in place of his lack of covet for being asked to read the Navi. He gets the following He gets to lead the davening, as we discussed yesterday. Big, big machlokas rishonim between Tosos and Rashi. And within Rashi, there's a run on the Rashi, and just a whole, whole big, uh, whole big tumult about what this means. Poris al Shema. But the way we learned yesterday, based on Rashi, and the way that a lot of them are forced to explain, is Poris al Shema is when one uh, is in a scenario where they can say Baruchu 
Chatzikadosh and uh, the first brach of Kriyashma for somebody else, that's considered a Mila. And that, like for people who have yet to be Yotze Shachra. So if a guy gets Maftir Benavi, so then he get he merits Poris al Shemavu over Leaf he can be the Chazin. This is probably where the custom came from that the guy who's davening Haftorah ends up davening Musaf. It's probably it has its roots in this source because Nebuchadnezzar knew that they gave you Haftorah, the Cholapachos, you should have a nice thing to come out of it, which is that you're the Chazin. And as well, who knows, says Kappa, he can do Nasias Kapaim. Great. This is a difficult line as well. What does it mean? Who knows, says Kappa? You're either a coin. Right. You're either a coin or you're not a coin. Whether or not you got Haftorah, what's enough community? That's very interesting. That's what it says. And Rashi here doesn't say boo. Nobody, uh, it's a very interesting. So Rashi, uh, if you, the, even the next, if you look at Tosas on the bottom here, he's already going into the next. So this is talking about a cut, and that's the next, sec, next section, actually. Anyways, let's continue in the Mishnah. If this person who was reading the Haftarah was a Katan, I remember when I was a little kid, we were in South Carolina. Where does uh, Garfinkel live? South Carolina still? No, so we, I think we were there with them, and I ended up mm-hmm. in Shoal. Uh, we were there for Shabbos once, and I ended up laning Maftir. Just the last five, six Sukkim, you're a Katan's allowed to do that. It was, a, it was a repeat. It's totally mutter. That's fine for a child. I've done it a handful of times over the years as a little kid. Be my Katan, so that's fine if he reads Haftarah. But Avivo Rabo over in Al-Yado, then they're the ones who are the beneficiaries, all the good things that were to come about, because he's a kid. He can't be a Chazan. Uh, he could read the Torah and translate it. He cannot leave the Tzibor for the first brach of Shema. He can't be a chazan. And he cannot. Uh, and he cannot do Nesiyaz Kapai. Then the Gemara gets to the Sugya. I guess I guess the equivalent would be possibly wearing shorts when you're davening for the Tzibor. It's a good question. Are you allowed to do that? So the Mishnah says, Pocheach Pores. This requires uh, research. A person who's Pocheach is Pores es Shema Umetargim. What does pocheach mean? Just to our right in Rashi, Rashi di Bermaskel pocheach, the Masech is so from a farish, kol shekira of Niran, where his legs is seemingly his calves are showing, because thighs in halacha are shok. And here it seems to say that even if your legs are showing, are showing. However, Tosos doesn't like this. Tosos, uh, four Tosos and down, third of the way down, di Bermaskel pocheach. Arum, you have to mamish be undressed, v'yachev and barefoot. But pirush hakuntras mitargem and artilai upache v'leisa de pache who targum shall arum pache doesn't mean leg; it means naked, it means undressed. And maybe uh, we're not talking about arum like with erva mamish, but if most of your that's its own sugya. We learned about this in brachos. If a person's sitting in the sand and is covering uh, the person's body enough, then what can they read and what can they not read? So Tosfos here seems to take a more a different approach. Um, and uh, if you look at the end of the Tosso, it's like the torn jeans routine. Like sometimes we see that as a little bit of a trendy type of clothing. That we're talking about torn clothes that reveal a lot of the body, not just calves. We're talking about somebody who's wearing tattered clothes or intentionally tattered clothes. How does that work? So if you're wearing those clothes, are you allowed to be chazan? So that's what the Mishnah is talking about. Yes, the Mishnah says that you are pores es shema mutargim. Aval, eno karibatorv, eno overleaf neateva. You can be pores es shema. You can lead the tzibur for the first um, for the first part of uh, shema. And you can be mutargim, but you cannot read the Torah. You also cannot be chazan in general, eno overleaf neateva. So if this is lemaisa like Rashi, that means that if you're wearing shorts, you can't be chazan. Not, we're not, we don't pass in here, but that's what the Mishnah seems like, according to Rashi. According to Tosos, if your jeans are fully to the floor, but they're torn jeans, you also can't be chaz. It's not right. If you're a Kohen, you cannot be no Kapav. You can't do um, you can't do an Asiyas Kapai. 
What about a blind person? Suma, can he lead? Yeah, Pore says Shema Matargim. He has to say Shema also. He's Chayev. Um Matargim, he can also be Matargim. Rabbi Huda Omer, Kol Shalom Ram Meoros Meyamav. If you've never seen Meoros, how could you be Pore Salah Shema? You know Pore Salah Shema because what's the first bracha of Birchos Krishma? Yotzer Ham Meoros. But if you've never seen the Meoros, how is it possible that you can be chazan? You're not on the same playing field as the people around you who can see. We'll analyze this in the Gemara as well. Seven lines from the bottom. My time on, says the Gemara, why is it that we learned what we learned in the beginning of the Mishnah? That the person who's mafter benavi gets all these extra kibudim machlokas and the amorim rapav amr mishum kavod because it's not respectful to not get something more than that. Rashi over here mishum kavod lahavir lefanav hateva holu mamsi alav ladaver sheino kavodo tiknu lozu tiknu lozu lekavod. They gave him something that wasn't kavodik. They gave him haftara, and uh, to make him feel better, uh, they gave him something that was worthwhile. That's answer number one. Answer number two in the Gemara. Rabbi Barsimi amar mishum deasili insuye. It used to be that the chazanim. Uh, that the chazanim were, uh, were were paid. So it could cause for a bit of a machlokas if this guy didn't have a halachic reason for him to be davening. So the halachic reason for him to be, to be davening is that he got haftorah, nebuch on him. And halacha allows for him to be the balmosef as well, and it shouldn't cause for machlokas. My benayhu, what's the difference between those and these two answers about kavod and the asilin suye about possible fighting? That if you have a balmosef who davens for free, Right in our shul, the, nobody gets paid to daven in our shul. That's that, that's ridiculous. There are shul. Nobody agrees with that. But even those who do. I've done that before. I, I did that. I've done that before. What? That's Okay, that's not real. That's not. That's just to make. That's just to make money. But I have given thirty six dollars before for Shelly Chin to daven. Uh, He's got such a good voice. Love it. Anyways, in this case, the Gemara says it. What? What? Now we're starting. Now we're talking. <laughs> but I don't want the money to go to the shill at that point. Now I want to. <laughs> once, once it hits a certain threshold, I'm interested in the in the proceeds. So says the Gemara, the nafkamina between the two cases, the answer of Kavod and the answer of Dasi Lin Suye is where the Chazan is doing this for free. However, the Gemara has a problem with all of this. Tanan, four lines from the bottom. We said in the Mishnah, that if the Katan was the one who did the Haftarah, that his father or Rebbe would be the beneficiaries of all the good things that they're getting to be Pori Shema, to be over in the Knateva. So says the Gemara, if you want to say it's because of the fighting, because of the payment, Katan Bar are you going to say that a katan is even shy to get paid? He's a katan. What kind of payment is he going to get as a kid? I'm not paying him. What? It's irrelevant. He can't be chazan. How can you pay him to be chazan? It's not even that. It doesn't even go that far. The question doesn't get off the ground. He's a kid. There's nothing to talk about. Says Gemara Elamai Mishum Kavod. Why are you worried about the kids covered? He's a ten-year-old. He doesn't know the difference. He's fine. Katan, katan bar covered. He's not. Uh... By the way, this line can be taken out of context. Just don't don't misunderstand. It doesn't mean children don't deserve respect. Children deserve. Uh... Maybe they don't deserve respect, but they deserve fair treatment. Uh, maybe. Okay. But that's what the Gemara says. He, he's not shy to either of them. So therefore, what is it? You're right. The kavod doesn't apply to him, but he has a father and he has a rebbe to whom he can give kavod. Let him give kavod to them. And hachanami here too. And because the father and the rebbe can get it, maybe there'll be a fight between the father or the rebbe on one side and the chazan who's paid on the other. And therefore, there is such a possibility of the katan. Next, let's talk about this case of the person wearing either shorts, according to Rashi, or 
Torn clothes according to Tosvos, top of Chabdalan on base, second line, Bamine Ula, by Rab Mabai, Katam Pochech, Maushik Rabba Torah. What if you have a child who's wearing shorts? Is he allowed to read the Torah? Amarle, Vitiboilach Arum, you should be asked, once you're talking about a child, his erva is not erva, just ask about a child who's not dressed, it doesn't matter. Arum, my time alone. Mishim Kavadatzibur, it's not nice for a child who's not dressed to, to do that because of Kavadatzibur, Hachanami, here too, when the child is Pochech, here too, we would say the same thing. Mishim Kavadatzibur, it's not, it's not nice, you shouldn't do it. What about a blind person? Summa pori like we said in our Mishnah, Tanya. This was uh, what the Gemara says. They asked the Kasha and Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda in our Mishnah had said that a person who's never been able to see is not able to be the Chazim. He cannot see, he cannot be pori because he can't say Yotzer HaMeoros. So it says the Gemara is a Kasha, Tanya, Amru, Rabbi Yehuda, Harbet Safu Lidrosh Bemerkava, Velo Rao Samimehem. The Maisa Merkava is in Tanakh. Do you know how many people have written Svarim on the Maisa Merkava? They never saw it. But they looked at the Mavarshim and they were able to see that they understood. So who cares? The Gemara is asking in a Derech Hamali. Who cares if you haven't seen the Meoros? So you don't have to see the Meoros to have a Tfisa of what the Meoros might be. After all, the Maisim Merkava, nobody saw it. And one person saw it. That's it. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yehuda, how would he answer that? Hasam, Be'av Nisa Deliba Talia When it comes to the Merkava, and this is a deep idea, we're only reading the words, but this is a much deeper idea. The question is, how much Havanas Halev do you have? And the Havana Salev is not a question of intellect. It's a question, I presume, of some spiritual capacity to learn these deep ideas. Nebua, Ruach HaKodesh, up there, uh, up there in the upper echelons of, uh, of access, uh, not down here. So that's Ba'avanta Delibatayimilza. But Veha Kamechavin Viyoda. And here, what we're talking about is he needs to know what he's talking about. Yotzer HaMeoros, and he's never seen light. No. So says the Gemara. And over here, he's never had the Hana before. Okay. The Rabbanan, what would the rabbi say about this? That's not true. The rabbi say, Isle Hana. The rabbi say he does have Hana, and that's why we allow for him to say Yotzer HaMeoros. How does a blind person have Hana? How does a blind person have enough from light? He's blind. Says the Gemara, Kirabiosi, Titania, Amirabiosi, call Yomai Haisi Mitzar al Mikraz. I had a very hard time with this Pasuk. The Pasuk reads, Bahaisi Mamashesh Petzahoraim, Kasha Yamashesh Yiver Bafela. I was um, throwing my hands around in the afternoon, just like uh, when, uh, when an Iver does at night. Think about that. The Gemara gives an example of a blind person at night. Why do you need both? Says the Gemara, he's blind. He could be looking at the sun. He wouldn't know the difference. And he could be standing in the perfect pitch of uh, black of night. He would have no clue. So why does the Pasuk say that it's, that it's ba'afe lam? And Rabbi Yossi says, till something actually happened to me. What happened? I was walking. It was very dark out. All the lampposts were out. I saw a blind person that I knew. He's walking with a torch in hand. Look respectfully. We know each other well. You're blind. You got your, you've got bandages over your eyes. Everybody knows you're blind. You have no whatever. You're, you're blind. What's with the torch? So then he said, Every time I'm carrying a torch, everybody comes over to me and says, hey, what are you doing? Why do you need this? And then what do they do? They save me from ditches in the ground. From thorns and from thistles and from bushes that can hurt me. So what do we see? That light is beneficial to a person who can't see by virtue of other people. And therefore, according to this line of reasoning, a Suma is allowed to be the leader of, a, of, of Shema for other people. Early day lying right there. Yeah, conceptually, yeah. <laughs> Except that that was more for his own good. This is not. Fire doesn't help. He's blind. He's carrying a torch, so other people will guide him. <laughs>
It's a little different. It's just in lambda. Yeah, it's an indirect benefit instead of a direct. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's the second. I don't know what the language is. Indirect. That's right. I don't know what the halachic term would be. I don't know. That's the that's the chemistry terminology. Is direct and indirect reflected? It's reflected like what? Cherish. Yeah. Cherish is a person who is deaf and or mute, depending on the context in shas. But an iver or a summa is the language for a blind person. So cherish is about your speech and possibly your hearing. Okay. Yeah. New Mishnah, third of the way down, a little bit more, almost halfway down, two lines into the wide lines, if you have a coin who is going to want to do Nesiyas Kapayim, but his hands have a mum on them, as I'm missing a finger, whatever it is, lo says Kapav, he's not allowed to do Nesiyas Kapayim. Take a look at Rashi, five lines from the top of the page. Rashi says, Koin because people often are tempted to look at, look at his, his wound. That's normal. We're going to learn Chagiga, and then we're going to have to learn other Masechas that are much harder. That if a person looks at the hands of a Kohen while he's doing the Siyas Kapayim, his, his eyes will be lightened, his eyes will be weakened. So the Chachamim put a little injunction. We want to make sure that you don't uh, damage your eyes by looking at the Shechina. Maybe we just want to make sure you don't look at the Shechina. Either way, if a person has a blemish of some kind on his hands, and we're afraid that your eyes may trail after his hands because of his blemish, no dice. You should not be doing the CS Kapai. Even if your hands were stained a certain color, like a certain father of mine in the room whose hands were dyed a certain color the day of his wedding. Just saying. Right, Dad? Green. Green. Chemical reaction. Permanent dye. Good job. So my dad wore gloves, which was typical in the South anyways, not too shabby. So says the Gemara, if, what, if, what if his hands are covered in, uh, in paint? Right, his hands are all red. So it says the Gemara, Lo says Kapab Same exact thing. So the first reason is a halachic one. It's a mum. It's a real blemish. The second one is not halachic. It's not halachic. It's practical. Right, there are different lumsas, different shitas. So the Gemara says Tana Mum and Shamru Bifan of Yodavaraglav, an expansion of our Mishnah. When we say that a coin has a mum and he can't do the Nisias uh, Kapayim, that's if the injury is by his face, his hands, or his feet. We assume. Maybe if you see a flaw in one, you'll check all the other parts of the body. Don't know, but that's what the Gemara says. Amar Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Yada Bohakneos. If your hands have white spots on them, wait, there's a disease like this called vitiligo. That's a disease where you have white splotches. So if you have it all over your hands or whatever the actual disease is, I don't know if it's vitiligo. Does the art school call it out? I didn't even look. That's white spots. Okay. Lo Yisa is kappa. And there too. Hands spotted. Yeah. Once. What? Once. What does that mean? Loins? Oh, oh, Rashi! I thought you were giving me an English word. Oh, wow! Yeah, classic David Merzel. I'm just going to pull an old French word out of the uh, out of the bank. Tanya Namihachi, the Bryce agrees with this idea. Yoda Bohakneos, if his hands are spotted white, you says Kappa. As well, Akumos Akushos, if one's hands are curved, if they're bent, um, some people have them when they have some malformations or disabilities in their hands. Well, you says Kappa, they're not allowed. Amravasi, Chifni, Uvashini, these people, we'll see soon who they are. Lo Yisa es Kapav, they're not allowed to do Nesiyas Kapayim. And Tanya Namihachi, the Bryce writes, Amoridin Lifnei Ateva, Lo Anshe Beishan, the people from Beishan are not allowed to do, they cannot be more than Lifnei Ateva, they can't be a Chazan. Lo Anshe Beishchaifav, Lo Anshe Tivonin. None of the people who live in these cities are allowed to be Chazan. Why? Mipnei, Shekor Na'alfin Aynin, Ula Aynin Alfin. 
because they mix up their ions and their olives and it causes for big problems. You, you say uh, you say one word the wrong way. It's like, for example, Ya'er with an olive is he should make bright. Ya'er with an ayin is he should curse. So the Shulchan Aruch writes about this, that really, and there are very few people who are makbed on this. In my head, I wish I was, but I'm not. I wish I was. One of the people, I, one of the Shoshan boys, Makbid Gomer about this. All of his ayins are real gutturals. Ayin, like he does it right. The Shulchan Aruch writes that to be a chazin, you should distinguish between your olives and your ayins because the words can translate totally differently. Kriya Satora for sure, for sure. This morning I was in Shul, Azi Faifel was the chazin from Suke de Zimra. Liquid yeah. gold. Every word, it was perfect. He nailed every single word. As, I mean, that's real grammar. That's how we're supposed to be reading. He sounded almost Arabic, you know. But that's how we're, that's what he was supposed to sound like with the ayins and the So these guys were not allowed to be chazanim. Amar leim, Reb Chia, Reb Shimon bar Rebbe. So Reb Chia says to Reb Shimon bar Rebbe, Reb Shimon, the son of Rebbe, had you been a lady, puzzle, you would not have been allowed to be uh, to be on the ducha. Your voice is very heavy. It's very thick. It's it's distinguishable from the others, and that's not how it should be. So So Reb Shimon went to his father and told him what Reb Chia said about him. <laughs> clearly, clearly the father was going to go to 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 bat for his son. Amar Le, the father being Rebbe. Rebbe says, he says to his son Shimon, Amar Le, Zil Emale, go tell Reb Chia the following. <laughs> when you get to the Pasuk of that I'm waiting for Hashem, you are going to be one who curses Hashem. Why? Because what the Gemara is referring to is that Rebchia always mixed up his cheses and his hayes. Now look back at the Pasuk. Instead of Vichikisi, it's Vichikesi. So says the Gemara, Rebchia, you're not one to talk. Before you give a criticism about my son not being shaykh to the to the Leviya for the Duchan, go get your haze and your chesses in order. So a little bit of a sharp dialogue. Amar Ravuna, Zavlagan, a person who has a lot of tears. They cry a lot, not cry, but they tear a lot. Lo says kapa. There was a guy like this in Ravuna's neighborhood who was teared a lot and he was still doing the CS Kapayim. Says the Gemara, who dash be Everybody knew about him. Tanya Namihachi, the Brysa writes, Zavlagan Lo says kapa, same exact idea, just in a Brysa. One who tears a lot as long as he's a regular to the people, then it's not distracting. Blind in one eye, Loi says, That's not allowed. It says, Why not? There was a guy who was blind in one eye in Rabbi Yochanan's neighborhood, and everybody, he, was, he did duchening all the time. It says, And the same thing, he was a regular. And Tanya Namihachi, the Bryce, writes the same thing. If he was a regular, no problem. This is true for all of these things that if a person happens to have a blemish of some kind, one that would distract. So the halacha is that as long as it's a regular, nothing to worry about. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Mishe Hayyad of Tzvos says Kapav. The person's hands were colored. Tana Imrov Anche Hayir Malachton Bekach Mutter. If everyone's hand, they're they're all co-workers, right? They're all mechanics. They're all cooks. Their hands are always dirty. So then fine, and then, then don't worry about it. No one's going to be distracted. You're one of many. You are dissolved in the majority. Um, last mission on Gemara. Let's get through this. Ten lines or so from the bottom, a little bit less. If a person says, I will. Supposed to be. The concern, that was the concern, is that because you're not allowed to look, 
You therefore can't have a coin where you'd be tempted to look. So anyone who had a blemish or their hands were stained because the psychology is, oh, he's missing a finger. You're, you start watching him when he's doing the siyas kapayim, you see the shechina in your eye. It was, about, it was a protection, protective measure, yeah. But no, you're not supposed to look. And the talus, I guess, helps if it's really covering the hands. Because the shechina should be in by the hands, no? Yeah, I think that's the reason. I think so. But the Gemara is assuming you're looking straight at the hands, that you're not, there's no talus here. That's not being discussed. <laughs> so this is just to protect people's vision. So said this is a, this Mishnah could be very poorly interpreted. I'm just letting you know in advance. I will not go in front of the teva in a colored in colored clothing. So if you say that, then af lo Then even in white shirts and white clothes, you can't go either. We'll see in the Gemara why. The sandal any over. I'm not going to stand in front of the. Uh, I'm not going to dive in for the tzibur with sandalim. So af yachif lo yavor. Then even without shoes, you're not allowed. agula. Someone who makes their tefillin into an, an eagle, a circular or ovular shape. This assumes the whole tefillin, not just the top part, but the whole tefillin. Sakana, not only is it dangerous to you, but be'in ba'mitzvah, you're not yotze, because the Torah requires of us that our tefillin be b'ribuah, that it has to be squared. Nasnal mitzcho, if you put the tefillin on your forehead, o al pas yado, or actually on the, the top of your hand, by your hand, ha derech minus, because we don't interpret the Pasuk that way. al yodecha, Yodecha is your yad, but we wear it up on the arm in the arm. Between the eyes, but we wear it above the hairline. So this is derech minus. And in fact, you're not yotze. The Mishnah Brura speaks about this as you may as well have your tefillin in your bag. Doesn't help. If your tefillin are too low, you are not yotze, period. If you used to have a hairline, whatever your initial hairline was, that's where your tefillin go. And if your hairline recedes, your tefillin go to the initial hairline. We always have to, that's a, that's a tough one because there are people who are mamish not yotze wearing tefillin. You're not yotze tefillin if the tefillin is below your hairline. So what does it mean below your hairline? This is a discussion too. So some of the posts can say that if, I think this is my real hairline. I don't know, I might've lost a little bit. But if you can run your hair, finger from your hand straight up and your tefillin are set behind your hands, you're good. It's better to go a little further back than a little further forward. The backward limit of the of the head is makom shatinok rofes, the fontanel, which is actually pretty close to the front. It's really like almost just a couple inches from the from the hairline. That's normally where it is. By adults, the fontanels are are closed up after a couple of years. The baby's fontanels close up. But better to move your tefillin a little further back than a little more forward. This is why some people have a big problem with the big big chabad tefillin, these huge batim, because they don't have a good place to sit. What? It's called gravity. <laughs> it's also called gravity. It'll stretch the tefillin. That's also true. So one should be very careful about that. It's derech minus. That is not following halacha. That's its dukim. Uh, so then lastly, tzipan zahav, you covered it in gold, the tefillin. Or venasnal base unkelishalo, or you put your tefillin on top of a, your own clothing. Hareza derech hachitzonim, you're an outsider. The, the, the Rashi explains over here, <clears throat> last short line, derech hitzonim, bnei adam ha'holchen achare daitam chutz midas chachomim. Wow. So the Chachamim said something. That's your job. You got to follow them. Let's learn the last few lines of this Gemara, my Taima. What is the reason um, that we are we don't let this person daven if he says, I won't daven with a colored cloak, with colored shirt on? Maybe we're concerned that he got overly attached to a foreign idea and therefore he's not eligible for davening anymore. What about Maybe we learned this already. That we learned tefillin merubos halach lemosh misinai. We know that tefillin have to be cubical or square. That's machlokas. What face of the thing has to be square, or is it three dimensions or two? That's a discussion. 
So tefillin merubas alach lo mishmi sinai. But marava betifran. That's true of the stitching, and it's true uva alach sonan. If the angle has to be that way, which means that it has to be a 45, 45, 90 triangle. The angle has to be a perfect measure of the cut of that square. So Amara Papa, no, that Mishnah is not, it's not duplicative because we're talking about a case where there's nothing at all square to even discuss. The tefillin and the Mishnah that we're discussing are like the shape of an egg or the shape of a small plum, whatever. It's no, nothing square at all. And if that's true, then it's not comparable at all. We'll stop right here at the bottom Mishnah on Chavdal uh, Adam We'll pick up tomorrow with Chavhei. Wishing you all a beautiful night.